millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Gentlemen. Cam. We are, it's Pacific time. Wow. I think this is our first Pacific episode entirely. Wow. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Mm. (laughs) The people would have no idea what we're laughing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> PY is not with us today. Is that um was that the message that he sent? <laughs> yeah. He just sent a list of reactions. <laughs> he put a whole bunch in. In our group chat, Cam PY PY sent this message to Cam and myself, just this voice memo, and Cam told me, Don't open it. I said, Okay. And now I've only discovered that PY's just sent us a sound pack. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is PY here? It, it's that first minute of contact. It's really hard to figure out hard if PY is actually. Figure. You are right. Yeah. What do you have to say about that, PY? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Really. <laughs> oh my god. So we've just selfishly we're... occupied the first minute and a half of the show. To... <laughs> I hope you enjoy the sound of our laughter because that was pretty much all that you had in that first two minutes. Hmm. <laughs> We are not going to get far this episode. <laughs> ben was not privy to the fact that we had a soundboard. So <laughs> they say the first two minutes is when you really need to hook the audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've pretty much denied any new <laughs> listeners the chance to enjoy the podcast. Oh, dear. We, yeah, let's. <laughs> we do have some Pacific listeners. Well, by some, I mean one who listened to the first episode and hasn't come back since, according to our Where were they from again? Kiribati. Oh, yes, of course. So, yeah, we, we, we do have a foothold. I'd say that the door <laughs> is left slightly ajar yeah, in, yeah. Um, in that part of the world. I mean, we've certainly lost our, like, the foot that was in the door. Um, <laughs> our friend from, from Kiribati. Is it Kiribati? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's now gone. So <laughs> <laughs> the door's just staying open 
sort of just of its own accord now. There is no foot. You, um, if you are from the Pacific, you could be the next Kiribati guy. You, you can make it onto the pod purely from having a weird <laughs> trend in the analytics. <laughs> Fun fact, we have more listeners from Armadale than the entirety of Oceania. By sixfold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what a fact. Um, I mean, is, do we have infinitely more, really? Because we now have effectively zero listeners. True, from- <laughs> yeah, you, you're the mathematician. <laughs> What's that in the stats? Now, we are going to talk about mainly the Solomon Islands when it comes to the Pacific. Do you have just any connotation, like anything that comes to mind if I said the Solomon Islands? Mm. I think it came up recently because I think there was a bit of criticism of Albanese wasn't there because he kind of, I think like didn't Xi Jinping or something meet with the president of the Solomon Islands or the mm. prime minister. Whereas we only sent like some dignitary or something. Mm. Uh, is Am I correct in that? That was, that was more with, more to do with ScoMo. So ScoMo, ScoMo kind sorry. of, ScoMo yeah, gave yeah, Sogavare, yeah. yeah, the unwelcoming treatment. Yeah. Right. Like the sort of, you're not quite worth the time. Yes. Sort of thing. Yeah. But that's all I, I really know about the Solomon Islands. Never been myself. Have you been to the Solomon Islands? I've never been to the Solomon Islands. I have been to watch the Solomon Islands football team play live. It was my first ever football match that I watched. Wow. Australia won 7-1. There you go. Which, no, 7-0, sorry, 7-0. I know Solomon Islands wouldn't have scored. Um, With all due respect to the Solomon Islands yeah. <laughs> football team, of course. Uh, what was that, like an Asian Cup qualifier or something or a... Oh. It was when Australia was in Oceania for the World Cup qualification. Oh, I see. So I went yeah. with um, went with Keegan Mason. We have mentioned him on the show before. The part of the Young Liberals could end up oh, being... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if ScoMo steps down as member for Cook, is it looking like potentially throw Keegan Mason in the by-election? And the way <laughs> the Liberal Party's going, he's probably going to be opposition leader by tomorrow. Like, <laughs> um, So I went wow. with Keegan. Keegan. So Keegan took me to watch the, watch the game. And Mark Viduka's just like running rings around them. Mm. You got Marco Bresciano. It, it, it was it, it was pretty slack. It is tough. Like our, our effective golden generation of, of players, right? Like in that sort of era. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, so it was qualification for the 06 World Cup. Yeah. I remember also, I believe it was Tahiti who shocked New Zealand and beat them in the Oceania Cup wow. and then gained qualification for the 2013 Confederations Cup. And... They're losing, I believe, 9-0 to Spain and Spain got a penalty. And Fernando Torres, if you don't know football at all, Fernando Torres, one of the best players in the world at the time, steps up to take the penalty, smashes it into the crossbar, it goes out. The goalkeeper gets up, points at the crossbar, gets down and prays <laughs> <laughs> Thanksgiving and literally acts like he's... Which for them, losing 9-0 rather than 10-0 is pretty much yeah, winning single, the World Cup. Single digits, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you prevented Fernando Torres from scoring a penalty. So yeah. point being, the Pacific doesn't get a lot of a lot of airtime mm. in the big game of geopolitics, but they are extremely important when it comes to global alliances and, and networks, particularly for Australia. Right, As Australia's making this podcast. That is the area that most needs to be shorn up uh, because literally it's our doorstep, and mm. there's a lot of open ocean. And if you have control of the Pacific, you've got a whole bunch of seas and straits that you can control you can choke australia's exports if you're australia you kind of ensure you can get imports into the country and get exports out of the country by policing it it is a really important part of the of the world we don't really know that much about it if i were to get you to point to the solomon islands on a map how confident would you be yeah no i couldn't do it it's it's surely just like just kind of north east of queensland right and you're just somewhere 
between there and Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Small margin for error. Yeah. Yeah, and that's important. So we need to divide the Pacific up. So essentially the Pacific or Oceania, we're going to use those words interchangeably today. It's kind of three separate sections to it. So first off, you've got Micronesia. That's to, mm-hmm. that's 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 the North Pacific kind of pushing towards Japan. Yep. And there's not heaps of out and out independent countries that are there. They're mainly actually US foreign territories. Oh, really? So yeah, or, or Japanese foreign territories that are just kind of scattered across huge expanse of Pacific Ocean. Right. So not actually that geographically close to Japan, but... Or are they like... Well, actually- Japan would be the, the, the nearest mainland, like nearest mainland country to, say, North Micronesia. Right. But which there's still a fair way out. He's, he's far yeah, away. Yeah. And so it's why, it's why World War II was really interesting. Because you've got Japan and America, their navies in the Pacific, and they're just super far away from each other pretty mm-hmm. much 90% of the time. The second area is Polynesia, yep. which basically Penrith Panthers is... So it's made up of kind of the East Pacific. So you've got Tonga, even New Zealand, Samoa. Yeah. yeah. So they're kind of your, your Polynesian territories and even pushing mm. on to Hawaii. So Polynesia is a pretty huge area. Yeah. A bit that isn't spoken about very much is Melanesia. And that is... Yeah, I don't think I've heard of Melanesia before. Vanuatu, Solomon Islands, Fiji. Ah, oh, so you're telling me that the episode we don't have PY here is the episode we talk about Vanuatu. Mm. <laughs> Who I agree with that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, unfortunately, I think, thank, very fortunately, we're not going to spend heaps of time on Vanuatu tonight. Mm. PY, in his message, he actually included a one-minute analysis on China and Vanuatu. Long story short, uh, PY's, PY's family has a hotel in Vanuatu, so PY visits there quite frequently and he knows the lay of the land really well. And he actually has stuff to say about China and Vanuatu. Mm. We might say that for its... It would be rude to do Vanuatu without PY. Oh, yeah, no, we, we, we could We could never. So we're going to keep it to the Solomon Islands today. I will include at the very end of this podcast PY's one-minute analysis that he has sent us. Oh, I very told, good. I told Ben not to open the message, but you're free to unwrap that present now. I just didn't want you to hit the sound bites. No, that- and rightfully so. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed reacting organically to that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to spend our time in Melanesia today. I would like to view, I think I view the Solomon Islands as Australia's version of Cuba. So Cuba Mm. was really important in the Cold War because it was pushing towards a Soviet ally, not entirely, but it was pushing in that direction after the Bay of Pigs invasion, like first mission of Black Ops. And and basically the reason why America had a really vested interest in Cuba was not only was it so-called part of the Eastern Bloc, but it was geographically very close to American shores. And why was the Cuban Missile Crisis a crisis? Because it was nukes near America. If the Solomon Islands is not managed correctly and not given the proper respect that, 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 that they're asking for, then Australia runs the risk of having a Chinese ally, or not necessarily Chinese ally, but just a, a country that's okay with China on our shores. Mm. And that's been a huge, big geopolitical tension going on in the last 10 years. And actually, where America's kind of stepped in and said, we almost need to take back control of managing the Pacific because we kind of outsource that to you and you haven't been doing it properly. Mm. And it's really interesting seeing what's going on. It's probably understand that we've got to go all the way back to colonization. So Solomon's gets colonized in 1893. That's pretty late in the game. Yeah, I was going to say, they're starting to wrap, wrap a few things up by that point as well, aren't they? Or are they... 
Is yeah. That, would that be the... Are they coming down off the Empire business after that point or are they still quite at their, their so, height? Yeah, they're, they're not expanding heaps more territory into heaps more territories. They, they've done the carving up of Africa, which is the big one. Yeah. India's been colonized. The, you know, Canada and North America's been colonized. They're not so much expanding the territory, but they're still very protective of it because it's the heyday of the Industrial Revolution. The British Navy's in full song. And World War One is largely fought for maintenance of the empire mm. and worry and concern that if Germany wins, then Germany becomes the dominant empire. So yeah. that's really late for the Solomon Islands to be colonized. Also, it's interesting. Like that's, I don't know if you remember your your, your year three history here, but we're talking a good century after um after Gen One history heroes, so to speak, of Arthur Philip, James Cook, Matthew Flinders, George mm. Bass. Yeah, we yeah. It's like I was uh, hanging out with my mates' kids the other day, and we're playing Guess the Pokemon. And I can only draw from Gen One. I know Gen One pretty well, like side, <laughs> like side up, side up, Abra, Gyarados. Like I, I feel like I'm pretty across that generation. Yeah. But when he's asking for like Gen Six and Gen Seven, yeah, not happening. Like yeah, oh, if it wasn't on Pokemon Emerald or Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah, like, exactly. Not a clue. It's not all re- the the early TV shows as well. I know for a fact it's not Rita Aura, but it was it was like <laughs> Zera Aura, something like that. A Pokemon <laughs> like that, that that he was trying to get me to guess. I was like, mate, I'm so sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Outside my range here. Mm. So. 1893, the kind of wave of English colonization, it's not those that you would learn about in year three history, so to speak. Yeah, very close to the British losing Australia as well. Yes. Sort of far away it was from from the, the icons that you said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I remember, so back in 2020, I don't know if you remember this, ScoMo got in a lot of, there was a lot of controversy because ScoMo said that Australia never had a history of slavery in the sense mm. that, not like the African-American slave trade. And though the indigenous population were forced into horrendous conditions in missions, reserves and stations during the era of both protectionism and then assimilation that would come later, still technically they weren't legally slaves because mm. the British Empire had signed the abolition of slave, or the, the abolition act or whatever, it's the emancipation, whatever, whatever the yeah, anti-slavery. The emancipation proclamation was just the US. That was the US, yeah. yeah. I think it was the anti-slavery... Or whatever it was, yeah. England, Britain had already signed that by that point, so there wasn't legal slavery. Where we got into trouble uh, is that technically, legally, we didn't have institutionalized slavery, but we did have practical slavery mm. with Pacific Islanders, particularly from the Solomon Islands, who would be taken to work in sugar fields in Queensland where they wouldn't be paid. Legally, they were supposed to be paid, but they weren't actually really? paid a lot of the time. I never knew that. Yeah, exactly, and. Like the media piled on Scott Morrison for it. Of all the things you could pile on ScoMo for, I think we can kind of give him some grace there and be like, yeah, it's untrue, but how many other Australians actually knew that? A lot of the people who were posting being like, Scott Morrison is blind to history. It's like, you knew that after he made that comment. You did not yeah. know that before he made that comment. Like, <laughs> So yeah, the Solomon Islands, it, it actually does have a really interesting history. During World War One, it's not particularly important. During World War Two, it's very important. So you've got the Japanese advance from, from Japan and they kind of literally go around in something of a horseshoe where they go through like Thailand, Malaya, Singapore, the Dutch East Indies, which is Indonesia today, through East Timor, New Guinea. And then they end up pretty much with their army and their navy in northern Papua New Guinea um, and their navy looking to take over Melanesia. 
And the main island in the Solomon Islands is Guadalcanal. So Honiara is the capital mm-hmm. of Solomon Islands, but Guadalcanal is the island that Honiara is on. Yeah. So basically, the Japanese rock up at Guadalcanal and they build an airstrip. And that's kind of what they're going for. What happens is the Americans, with the help of Australians and actually Fijians as well, and kind of Commonwealth forces, they actually take back Guadalcanal. It's really interesting. Marines rock up and try and seize Henderson Field. That's still west where the airport is in Solomon Islands today. The Marines rock up, but the Japanese Navy actually destroy the American Navy, which means the Marines are stranded on mm. on, on Solomon's. There's uh, a creek called Alligator Creek, which was, again, just Americans not knowing what crocodiles are. And <laughs> <laughs> there's cases of Japanese soldiers being eaten. I think it was actually less common in Solomon's. I think it was actually more common in, in New Guinea and the Philippines, but Japanese soldiers being eaten by crocodiles. Wow. For underest- yeah, underestimating the conditions. And so the, the Guadalcanal was a really brutal part of, of World War II. Mm. And the Solomons were really important. They were called the Coast Watchers. Remember, you know, you've heard of the Fuzzy Wuzzy Angels in oh. in New Guinea? I know Year 6 history gets a little... Did you, you do the Kokoda track in Year 6 history? The one at Concord, the like replica? No... Mm, I- Maybe, yeah, possibly. Uh, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really remember the Fuzzy Wuzzies. Okay, so basically, the Fuzzy Wuzzy Angels, they kind of have legendary status in Australian history because they were the uh, Papua New Guineans who aided the Anzacs on the Kokoda Track. Right. The Coast Watchers are, the, are the, basically the equivalent of the Solomonese. Solomonese. I know. Oh, we're, we're rolling with yeah. that. Whatever. Solomonites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Solomons. <laughs> The yeah, basically they were the, they were the people who were really influential. And what happened is they were actually completely written out of history. So Douglas MacArthur was the general who was the supreme Allied commander of the Southwest Pacific, and MacArthur was known for being a glory hog. He also kind of really downplayed Australia's involvement in the Pacific too. And Douglas mm-hmm. MacArthur effectively didn't give them their due credit. The Coast Watchers were vital in gathering intel on the Japanese and relaying it back to the Americans, and Again, no one really knows who they are because that bit doesn't make the Guadalcanal story. And so the Solomons, they actually play a really important role in World War II and they don't get their due credit. The really interesting thing is when would you guess, what year would you guess that the Solomons became independent? Hmm. So that was, it was 18, 1893. It was when they were colonized. Was it before or after World War II? After World War II. Wow, quite late. Um I reckon, I reckon pretty shortly after, maybe the, maybe a, a 50s or a 60s. Wow. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't back me, Jake. It was, back uh, me, PY. It was 1978. Okay. So yeah, super. Quite, quite late. Yes. And so, because Papua New Guinea was a couple of years before. So the Pacific is, they're getting their independence very late in the game. Decolonization start. Everyone talks about the fifties and the sixties being decolonization. Well, for the Pacific, it was the seventies. Yeah, and so and they the get late seventies at that. Yeah, well. exactly. Like our parents were alive for. Like my my dad was an adult was, by the time they got their independence. And I was just that was honestly my frame of reference too. Was like, wow, my parents were alive during these major historical events. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, your your parents grew up with the Solomons being officially a British territory. Yeah. And so it's like, I wonder what it meant to a young, 
<laughs> young Jen and Dave. <laughs> did, they, did they lie awake? Mm. <laughs> yeah, sleepless nights wondering whether such a nation would would earn its freedom. Yeah. And so, like with anything, the path out... Australia is probably the only country that I can think of that's had a super smooth path out of colonization. And that was because really, at the end of the day, we didn't gain independence when we federated the colonies were pretty much already fairly independent and they agreed mm. to kind of merge powers and still had hiccups, but by and large, pretty smooth. The Solomons, not so much. So firstly, there's an island just kind of southeast of Papua New Guinea that's officially part of Papua New Guinea called Bougainville. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Who named that? <laughs> it's... Spelt French like Bourguinville. Bourguinville. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically they wanted independence. Papua New Guinea said no. They fought against the Papua New Guinean government. Papua New Guinean government was much stronger than them and kind of suppressed them. And they retreated all the way back down to the Solomon Islands and kind of brought the war there. So kind of the seeds of unrest in the Solomons began with, with that conflict. But by 1999, the Solomons went through a civil war. Now, when we use the word war, we don't shouldn't think of a country like Syria or Sudan. These are big countries. The Solomons is just a small cluster of islands with a couple hundred thousand people living on them. So it's civil conflict that is probably a better word to use in terms of what strokes up connotations in your mind. Mm. So they were they still was the the fighting still quite severe? Like just because there's fewer people doesn't mean they're not, you know. They could still be gunning people down in the streets and, and all that. Was that going on? Totally. Uh, yes, but also, no, like, so yes, gunning down did happen, but not at the large volumes because most of the soldiers weren't using mechanized machines. So we're talking about like... Ooh, mach- talking melee combat. Yes. And because they're islands, there's not much meleeing going on. Yeah. And mm. so it was more, it was more, uh, yeah, conflict is probably the better word to, to, to use just in terms of what strokes ideas in your mind. Yeah. Australia basically intervened and sent... So the Solomon government reached out for support. Australia is obviously the closest major superpower nearby. Obviously, in the context of the world, we are not a major superpower. But in mm. the Pacific, it's like the B-grade player coming to play Ds and just yeah. ca- carving yeah. it up. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, this guy played reps. And he's like <laughs> very good at soccer and and yet would not make anywhere near the professional game, right? I, I'm very much enjoying with like year seven... I play with year seven sometimes at school and obviously like at football, like I carve it up at football with year seven. Yeah. And so they're like, wow, you like, like you must've played a really high level. I, I didn't, you must've played a really <laughs> high level. Um, it's like, no, you're just really uncoordinated. Yes. Yeah, no, all age fives, whatever we are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> True. Ben and I, we did play against each other in football, but you've got to sign up to the Patreon to get the story <laughs> for what happened there. And we'll have PY on there too. Yeah. Also involved. Um, yeah. We're only talking to each other three or four weeks later. <laughs> so basically what happened was so is this a is this a conflict much like the Solomon Islands conflict what we, what we have here yeah a conflict <laughs> rather the war so Australia ends up sending 7,000 soldiers and 1,800 police officers to kind of support eventually in 2003 we get the Townsville agreements which were <laughs> Townsville you know the the place of all kind of <laughs> you talk about the Nuremberg trials and you talk about <laughs> the Townsville agreements in the sort of similar light. <laughs> Literally, it's it's like the tr- it's like the the Paris peace conferences. It's yeah. it's it, it, like what's the biggest landmark <laughs> in 
the Southwest Pacific, it is Townsville. That's the biggest city anywhere near there. Like Townsville, bigger than um, bigger than Port Moresby, I'd argue. So sure. yeah, and Australia is the one that's playing the, the role in actually negotiating this. And so Brisbane was just too far, too far south. That's yeah. you got to go past like the Whit Sundays to get there. You're going past Australian Islands if you're going all the way down south to Brisbane. Yeah, sure, okay. So yeah, go to Tamalolo and JT's <laughs> stomping ground. <laughs> And so, effectively, this meant that the Solomons came under Australia's sphere of influence from 2003. So, from 2003 to 2017, Australian soldiers were set up in the Solomons. And we played a role in kind of keeping the peace. The same way that American soldiers did that for Japan after World War II. We're here to make sure that new rebellions don't rise up and that there's order and civility across the Solomons. 2017, we pulled out. Do you remember who our prime minister was in 2017? Was it Malcolm? It was Malcolm. Yeah. I still remember being in school when the, the leadership spill happened. We were in year 12 at the time. I don't know why I was so into it. <laughs> <laughs> should have been doing other things. Because <laughs> I, I wasn't into politics when I was younger. And I remember being really into the Abbott versus Gillard 2010 election with a hung parliament. And I was like looking up all the different electorates. Being yeah. like, which way is... It's just... It's drama. It's, it is. It was a bit of... Yeah. I remember being like... It was just like a blow by blow during that one school day of like, oh, at recess, you know, it was things were fine. And then by lunchtime, we had a new prime minister. It was like, what's going on? I had pizza with mum and we watched it for two hours. It was. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Brings people together. It was a great day. And so in 2017, Turnbull withdrew Australian soldiers with kind of a deal that Australian soldiers could use force to protect Australian assets. So. Basically, Australia's done this before. So when we withdrew from East Timor, we kind of, again, pushed their government out of control of the Sunrise oil fields, basically a big oil field. Mm-hmm. And we had a deal where Australian soldiers could protect it. So we- Is we that c- an oil field in, in the ocean? Is that why it's debatable or is it on, in East Timor? Yeah, ocean. So Australia kind of pushed East Timor out of that and- and had a deal where Australian soldiers could move in should Australia lose its security over that asset, so to speak. Yeah. So we effectively do in the Pacific and have done what America has done to other countries. Mm. And so we've had we've had podcasts before we've complained about the CIA. I mean, if we had the power that they had, we've kind of operated... Like our sphere of influence is the Pacific rather than the world. America's is the world. Mm. It's hard to believe that we wouldn't do the same thing when given the same opportunity based on how we've treated other countries before. Yeah. The other big issue that the Solomonese are really upset about is climate change. There's a video. I don't know if you've seen the video. It's got Peter Dutton, Tony Abbott and Scott Morrison. This is back when Abbott's the prime minister and like Dutton has hair. Mm. We're talking way back. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, 2013. And they're basically joking at the Pacific Islands Forum. So Dutton says a joke. Oh, I should have looked it up before so I can remember it verbatim. But basically made a joke about the, this place being underwater in 10 years. And it was caught on, on mic. And this is like literally they're at the conference. This is not behind closed doors. This is at the conference. The three of them are talking. The mic is here. I'm just going to act it out. And he's kind of talking from about here, looking towards Abbott and Scott mm. Morrison. And so that really annoyed the Pacific Islands. Um, I could see why that would be frustrating. Yeah. And like, again, if we use the example of Kiribati, climate change is not a 2080 issue for Kiribati. 
It's the 2020s this year. Literally, their country is at risk of being completely flooded out of existence. And even when it's not flooded, even not being flooded out of existence, the extreme flooding is doing things like completely ruining their water supply because their oil wells are filling up with salt water now and it's poisoning the water, so to speak. So these climate change is such a bigger issue for these countries, mm. not just for survival, but also for quality of life. And for them, that's their number one concern. They do not care about you know, the capitalism versus communism, anything remotely along those lines, freedom versus tyranny. That is not an issue for them. It is, can our country have a relatively livable standard of life? They're just trying to stay afloat. So to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally. And so that's the big issue for the Solomon Islands. Now, under the Liberal government, we didn't do much action on climate change. And that's pretty pretty non-debatable. Mm. Tony Abbott actively campaigned on his act once he left the Prime Minister's office of pulling out of the Paris Climate Accords. Turnbull basically ditched the national energy guarantee to try and stay in office, didn't work, got voted out anyway. And Scott Morrison was was pretty inactive on climate change and actively campaigned in 2019 against Bill Shorten's idea of subsidizing electric vehicles and, and that sort of thing. So Scott Morrison was seen not to be completely responsive to climate change. The other big issue that was going on at the time was the Prime Minister, Manasseh Sogavare, basically reached out to Australia and said, hey, let's be build a high-speed internet cable from the Solomon Islands to Sydney. And that way we can kind of have, like that will include everyone's kind of broadband and everyone's internet access by creating like a, a high-powered cable. Mm. Now, I, I'm saying I, I am so bad with technology. I have no idea how it actually works. I'm just going to fully put my hand up and say I could have completely botched that explanation for what it actually No, no, did. It's, a, it's a real thing. Like, And I think they're quicker and, and more stable than satellite connections and stuff. So it, it checks out. I didn't. Didn't find fault in your okay, good. That's <laughs> in your explanation. Who would be the best network provider to use? I, I was just talking Telstra versus Optus. Here, so <laughs> I don't know about. I find Optus a bit frustrating, but because my house has a lot of dead spots on my Optus network, <laughs> your house does have tear. Yes, like I have to like take phone calls at the in the front room or yes. and often upstairs in I the front room. I forgot rooms. about that. Um, so if I've got my phone like back in the living room towards my backyard, I'm just not receiving any calls. So yeah. better hope nothing important happens. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll call you a messenger from yeah. now on. To, yeah. yeah, they went with Huawei. Oh, okay. And yeah. basically Australia vetoed that. They're like, yeah, you can, you can, do, you can, you can do the cable, but not with Huawei. And mm. you can understand both sides is of... It, do you, is it Huawei or Huawei? I feel like I often hear people call it Huawei. What? <gasps> like, like, what? Huawei. 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 Yeah. I just okay. Phonetically, anyway. yeah. Play on. Yeah. And so basically Australia vetoed that. You can understand it from Australia's point of view. Yeah. Was this around the time when people were like, Huawei phones, are, they're tracking you and they're, they're getting your data? It was the year that everything anti-China kind of heated up. Yeah. Because we also had, I don't know if you remember the Sam Dastyari scandal in the Senate. I do. Yeah. Where basically, again. Do I, why, why do I know? What year was this? 2017. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> it was huge news at the time. Yeah. Not like, this is Labor senator um, who had connections, if I'm not mistaken, I believe, and had accepted donations from a Chinese, Chinese government owned company. Yeah. 
And so all the anti-China stuff is really starting to heat up in 2017. So Australia kind of vetoes it and Sogavare is pretty annoyed. He's like, but this is, if you care about building us up as a nation, this is really important to us and this would be really beneficial. Um, Scott Morrison, when he comes into power in 2018, he tries to ease the tensions a little bit and he launches something called the Pacific Step Up Plan, which is basically... <laughs> Step up to the streets. <laughs> Imagine Scomo just sort of breakdancing in the rain. Was that Channing Tatum? Was that Step Up? I haven't seen the films. I just remember seeing the posters everywhere okay, from like I'm, 2015 I'm, onwards. I'm in the exact same situation. as <laughs> So... Yeah, the Pacific Step Up Plan in 2018. <laughs> it's a $2 billion infrastructure project mm. that involved training for the Solomonese police and having like a Pacific military college to actually train the Pacific soldiers in kind of Western mechanized warfare and Western Western military tactics and modern military tactics to be more specific. Yeah. So th- that's looking all well and good. Like that that's a pretty good package for the for the for the Solomons to get. But Sogavare is still really annoyed that he's being denied the... Just to be clear, so the guy's name is... What's the Solomon, Solomon Island Prime Minister called? Manasseh. So who's the guy that you're saying just now? Saul. Manasseh Sogavare. Manasseh's yeah. his first name. I just find it funny that his name sounds awfully like Che Guevara. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because you made the Cuba parallel before. Wow. Okay, anyway. this is where our brains are really different. Mine was like, <laughs> it's really Jewish, like, because it's the Solomon Islands yeah. and Manasseh. Wait, what's tribes the- of Israel? Oh yeah, wow. And so uh, that's but that's where my <laughs> yeah um. ancient Israel versus Shagavar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is we need more discourse where two people can respectfully disagree. <laughs> <laughs> the end of read that comment on every Ben Shapiro Sunday special when he gets <laughs> anyone remotely pro Democrat on, <laughs> and they like it's just it's people who are yeah like right wing Republicans or whatever to use just a loose word to define them, patting themselves on the back yeah. for having a civil conversation <laughs> and thinking that that's an achievement <laughs> rather than the basic standard of human decency. <laughs> oh dear. And so basically 2018 ScoMo does that package and you'd think that that would be all well and good. But the issue is that at the Pacific Islands forum, the Tuvalu president goes hard on ScoMo and Pretty, pretty bit like that's like that's a year mm-hmm. seven throwing Mandarin at a year 12. <laughs> and he basically calls him arrogant. Wow. Tuvalu. <laughs> yeah. yeah take that. What do you even say to that? Like <laughs> <laughs> makes me think of, I don't know if you felt it. Maybe it was, but like I felt that as I left high school, the year sevens felt so much more confident to like heckle the, a year 12. Whereas I feel when I started high school, I was like, I would never say a word to these guys. It's totally true. Like it's, you go in, you're like you you go in the bathrooms, you keep your head down, you you leave as quickly as possible. You walk from if you have to walk through the year twelve area, you you just like don't say anything. Whereas yeah, now it seems in the same way that Tuvalu was uh, feeling a bit big for their boots. Perhaps that sounds a strange way to say it. They're obviously allowed to engage in, <laughs> in, in these forums just as much as Australia is. Um, but yeah, yeah, obviously in the same way that the political situation in school has shifted, so too, it seems, and the, uh, um, the Pacific geopolitical <laughs> situation. It's a microcosm, really, of, of a broader issue. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> PI firms, my apt political insight. 
<laughs> it is so true. Year sevens are definitely getting more and more confident. <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, no, I won't, I won't explain that story. I don't want to give too much away from my school. I don't yeah. know if my yeah. school would appreciate me telling that, that story. We'll take that off air. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Sir Palin. Remember me just giving a quick PSA to quickly give the podcast a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. The higher the number next to the reviews, more Spotify promotes the podcast. Also, if you want access to the exclusive podcast plus loads of other bonuses like your choice of any imposter for the main channel, head on over to the Patreon for just $1.50 a month. So, this is where China enters the story. Yeah, so sorry. So, to be clear, just to clarify then... Tuvalu is, has called him arrogant, and that's kind of where we're at at this point. Yeah, 2018, called him arrogant, and basically we can see the Pacific Islands kind of going against ScoMo. Yeah. So basically... I, I find it funny that I think in my analysis just then saying big for their boots, I was arrogant <laughs> from an Australian point. <laughs> like, yeah, I can see how you can, <laughs> can see how it happens. But anyway, play on. No, 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 absolutely. And so China's sitting there being like, Good. <laughs> and they're encouraging this and they're like, this is awesome. Yeah. Kill him. Yeah. Kill him <laughs> we, we, we want this. We're, so to speak, they're the, they're the ones with their friends out filming the flight yeah. and, and trying, to, trying, to, trying to provoke it. So basically, China entering the picture is great for two of the three parties. China entering the picture is obviously great for China because I'll explain in a second why the Pacific is really important for them. It's really great for the Pacific countries because it gives them leverage mm. and you can play two countries off of each other. And that is perfect for them because they've had no leverage recently because no one has really cared. The Soviets didn't care about the Pacific at all when it was a bipolar world. When it became the unipolar world, Australia just had their monopoly on the Pacific. And as they as we're moving to a bipolarity in power once again with China and America, having the Chinese to play off against the Australians is perfect for them. Mm. It's not good for the Australians. Because China, so to speak, is the national security concern that our countries occupy ourselves with. Though I'd argue otherwise, that's our country's status. So China basically comes in and China says Australia is acting as condescending overlords. Perhaps a bit rich coming from Mm. China, but (laughs) also not untrue. And that gets a lot of traction within the Pacific. The other really interesting factor that I haven't mentioned is the Pacific is kind of the last bastion of the world, maybe minus Central America, who recognizes Taiwan as the true China. So remember back from the China episode, 
America's policy is one country, two systems. So Taiwan and the PRC are both China, but there's just two different systems going on there. And it wouldn't recognize Taipei as the government of all of China. The, yeah. pa- the Pacific yeah. still did. And Taiwan was the true China according, and they their, their, their relations and their diplomatic ties were with Taiwan rather than Xi Jinping's PRC. The okay. reason for that was Taiwan provided aid to, the, to Central America and to the Pacific as a way of staying afloat. And basically as a way of trying to keep some legitimacy by aid. One thing about foreign aid, it's never benevolent. There's strings attached to it mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. And Taiwan's skin in the game is trying to have some countries still recognize their sovereignty. Right. Yep. And so basically, that as China enters the picture, Taiwan is really worried because they're like, crap. These were our guys that we had in our corner, and now we are, we we simply cannot compete. If the PR, if if Xi Jinping is going to offer huge infrastructure packages that we can't, we can give foreign aid as in food and basic necessities. Mm. But if they're going to build hospitals and schools and airports for them, we can't compete with that. And so they're really worried about this. And China comes knocking and basically starts buttering up the Solomons really well. And for for China, the Solomons is really important because it gives them control of the Bismarck Sea and the Vityaz Strait. Now, I take it you have no idea where they are on the map. Uh, is it is it is his name Otto van Bismarck? Yes, it is. <laughs> the uh, leader of and founder of, of Imperial Germany. Yes, yes. But why the- why is he a significant figure again? What happens to him? Otto van Bismarck. Yeah, you're thinking of Paul von Hindenburg, I think. No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, uh, well, uh, Otto van Bismarck is the founder of Imperial Germany and unifies Germany. Yeah, okay. Back in the 1870s. And then he goes on to lead lead them as the as the emperor until until we have Kaiser yeah, Wilhelm. Okay. That's why he's, yeah. I must just be imagining he did something else. He has but nothing to still, do with that's Hitler. That's still pretty significant. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> it's not, not having a podcast with reactions like... Wow. <laughs> really? <laughs> So the Bismarck Sea and the Vityaz Strait, it's basically it's like it's basically the sea north of Papua New Guinea, yep. and so that's really important because if China can control that, that's the supply route from Australia to Japan. That can cripple the Japanese economy because the Japanese economy pretty much relies on Australian coal. Sixty to seventy percent of of Japanese coal comes from Australia, wow. and China and Japan have last ten years they've largely fallen out again. And Japan's a key player in America's game against China because they're on they're very close to China. So the Pacific is perfect for China. And if China can get a foothold there, not only can it cut off supply points if it wanted to, if we're in a war scenario, but also it gives them a base near Australia. Mm-hmm. Because in World War II, Australia was America's launching pad against the Japanese. Had Australia fallen, the war would have looked very different. And mm-hmm. so China is a kind of a spe- in, in a war scenario, China would be especially careful to make sure that Australia can be nullified and kind of contained as best as possible. Yeah. So basically, in 2019, China accuses Australia of acting as condescending overlords. They start buttering up the Solomons. What happens is a group called the, the China Sam Enterprise Group, they buy exclusive access rights to the entire island of Tulagi. Now, Tulagi has a thousand Solomonese people living there. Oh, uh, also I checked it. 
It's not Solomonese. <laughs> oh, what is it? <laughs> They're just called Solomon Islanders. Oh, Solomon um, Islanders. But I like Solomonese. So if there's anyone out there listening that has influence over <laughs> the Solomon <laughs> Islands, maybe, maybe you know, start a petition. Yeah. <laughs> Change.org. <laughs> I'm I'm very fond of things ending in E's. Yeah. I'm disappointed yeah. with Australians. Australian E's would be significant. Like, yeah. I want to be called yeah. the, not yeah. Australians, the Australian E's. That yeah. would be so much more boss. Yeah, I than see. That is a bit of an oversight on whoever. On Edmund, that. on Edmund Martin, presumably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so basically it's a, it's a thousand people living there. It's pretty much the Solomon Islands version of Tasmania. So just imagine the scale of Australia versus the scale of the Solomon Islands. It'd be like a Chinese company buying exclusive rights to Tasmania. Wow. Which yeah. means they control the fisheries. They were going to build an airport. They basically buy an island. Well, they, they went to the provincial government. So again, imagine them going to the Tasmanian government to buy Tasmania. Hmm. They didn't go to Honiara. They didn't go to the federal government. They went to the provincial government of Tulagi. Now, yep. what ended up happening was the federal the federal government, the attorney general, if I'm not mistaken, overruled and overruled this and said, you don't have the power to do this. Mm. And the court upheld that. So it didn't actually end up going through. But it was a key indicator of where the tide was going. Mm. Fast forward to 2021. There's an island called Malaita. That was a very... It's one of the poorer islands in the island chain. And so they got a lot of aid from Taiwan. What happened was in 2021, the Solomon switched their diplomatic recognition. So this was kind of a process that went from 2019 to 2021. Mm -hmm. And the Solomons switched their recognition of China from Taiwan to Beijing. Wow. And Malaita is furious. So they've got a Chinatown district there Mm. that gets destroyed. Like there's footage of, of that being kind of set ablaze. And then fast forward to March of 2022, so just a year ago, the Chinese and the, and Sogavare, they signed a Sino-Solomon security deal. Effectively, what that meant was that the, in the same way that Australians could can use the military, Australia can use the military to protect our assets in the Solomons, mm-hmm. the Chinese can use their military to protect Chinese assets in the Solomons, which are mainly, mainly in mining and logging. Wow. And so... This is significant because that basically means Chinese soldiers are allowed to be on the shores of a country very close to Australia. Yeah, yeah. And near North Queensland. Mm. That's right. The North Queenslanders, they'll, uh, they'll stave them off. <laughs> <laughs> Channel the spirit of JT. To <laughs> yeah. yeah, they'll be another Eureka stockade. <laughs> I can imagine the propaganda be like, we didn't give up in the last minute of 2015. <laughs> We're not giving up now. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then the Chinese government, they then went and signed 10 deals with Tuvalu. Yeah. And again, Tuvalu was the original one who threw the Mandarin. So they went and rewarded yeah. him for that. Yeah, yeah. And so this creates a really interesting... I also find it funny that you say threw the Mandarin because Mandarin... Such as the the layers to your to your political commentary. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Now uh, to wrap up with, it is interesting thinking about what's going to happen in the future. Penny Wong has done a lot of damage limitation in the Pacific Islands, 
and largely has built regained a lot of ground on the Chinese. So what was Penny Wong's role at the time she's doing this? So she's she's foreign minister. Yeah. Um when liberals were in power, she was just a senator, didn't have a ministry portfolio because she was Labour. Yeah. So she has she has built a lot of bridges. Albanese's action on climate change and passing, oh, what's the name of the bill? That's the, whatever the climate, any, any emissions reduction bill or energy reduction bill, whatever it is, the cli- mm. effectively the climate change bill, that went also a long way to giving confidence to the Solomons or yep. the Solomon Islanders to, to use the correct vernacular. Yes, yes. And so it's interesting. It, if you were to ask me a year ago, what way would the Solomon Islands go? I would definitely go the way of the Chinese. I don't think I would ever support China in a World War Three scenario. Mm. <laughs> I don't think they would ever support China in a World War Three scenario, but they would adopt a strict practice of neutrality and be really okay with at least Chinese enterprises being on their soil. And for the Solomons, they want nothing to do with World, world War Three. will bring nothing good to the Solomons. Mm. They could not care less if they were invaded by the Chinese if it meant they had adequate standard of living. Now, obviously, I'm exaggerating a bit. Yes, they would care if they lost their sovereignty, but for them, their priority is standard of living and not any sort of ideological war of East versus West, of freedom versus tyranny, of mm. capitalism versus strictly mar- or strictly government-controlled market economy. That is so irrelevant for them because it's all about standard of living. We've got to remember this is a country where not everyone in, in the country has access to safe drinking water. Yeah. And this is a country that doesn't have a road network that connects even the entire island of Guadalcanal, which is their main island. It's 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 not even Fiji. And for them, war would bring nothing good. So if you asked me a year ago, it definitely would have been the Chinese sphere of influence. It does seem like we are making up some ground in bringing the Solomons back, but Biden was particularly angry with Australia for kind of losing control it's like, basically, you had one job and you messed it up. Make sure the Pacific is in our sphere of influence, not another country's sphere of influence. And so Australia messed it up. What Biden did is Biden held a basically a Pacific summit. I think it was in September of last year, where literally he had all the Pacific nations come and visit him in America. And so, like, again, the, the, the Prime Minister of Tuvalu, the leader of Kiribati, the leader of Tonga, just gets to go and hang out with Biden in America. That That is like... What president gives yeah. Tuvalu a, the time of day ever? That's an awesome field trip yeah. <laughs> to, the, to America. And so it does seem like the West has regained some ground and it seems to be neatly held in the balance. Hmm. And to be honest, that's probably where the Solomons want it to be. They want China and America, Australia to be playing off of each other, to be trying to outdo each other to give the Solomons the best deal possible. Yeah. And so... Yeah. What role they would play in a World War Three scenario, I don't actually know, but it is reassuring. We kind of commented on AUKUS last time around, and I kind of made it pretty clear that I wasn't stoked with it, though I do understand why Albanese felt he had to go ahead with it. I think in the last year, where we do need to give the government some praise is in kind of managing that relationship and bringing, back, bringing them back on side to a reasonable degree. Mm. And so, yeah, it... It is very delicately held in the balance still, and you wouldn't expect it. But yeah, Paywise expertise on the Pacific is going to come in really handy. Yeah, maybe he's going to 
going to be the man to talk to over these next few years. Yeah, wow, what a what a thrilling reality show that we have unfolding. Mm. <laughs> Don't you agree, Jake? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, it sounds just just like watch this space kind of thing. We really left I feel like we're no closer to finding out where it might go than yeah. than we were at the start of the episode. Um it sounds like it's it's swinging back and forth. Is there anything major being spoken about it now or is that kind of where things were left at sort of just the party in America is kind of the most recent event they've had? Yeah, m- most recent big one. Yeah. The Pacific Islands aren't stoked with AUKUS. That much is true because they don't want nuclear subs or nuclear powered subs anywhere near their seas. Yeah. yeah. Um, and basically they don't want, again, they don't want warfare on their, on their shores. Mm. And so they're not stoked with that. But... Yeah, that'd be the lot. That'd be the last big update that I'm aware of on the on the Pacific Islands circuit. Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, probably Penrith Panthers winning 2022 NRL Grand Final is the most that- recent <laughs> <laughs> Pacific chapter that I can think of. <laughs> yeah, fair. Maybe that's that could be the you know that could be the difference. Like, there's no <laughs> no Penrith Panthers in China, is there? <laughs> sure, source of great pride. Um, yeah because there would be quite really quite linked sort of sporting networks i imagine like rugby would be quite involved in scouting players from those sorts of areas right there is there is one player who transcends who could be the great peacemaker who transcends the chinese polynesian australian divide jerome luai (laughs) his family is chinese samoan and he has played New South Wales State Division. I believe he's played for the Kangaroos. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And he's got a Chinese background. He could be... Wow, he holds all the time. <laughs> My gosh. And there's no one I'd rather leave the fate of our nation. <laughs> the guy that reenacted, reenacted the Michael Jordan uh, cigar photo when he won the grand final <laughs> after doing nothing in the grand final. <laughs> that is the sort of man I want to... Uh, to help us avoid World War Three, <laughs> and but and he goes to war, you know, three times a year yeah. in state of origin, as, as Gus Gould would have us believe. So, um, trust me, he's he's the man. This is World War seventy three for him. <laughs> <sighs> dear, oh dear. Well, wow. I'm I'm happy to leave it that. I feel more at peace knowing we have <laughs> Jerome Luai potentially to to ease things. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. <laughs> That's what I was going Not for. Tuvalu. <laughs> Tuvalu. Uh, See you next week, everyone. Toodaloo. Yeah, Pacific Islands, interesting one, uh, especially China's influence there. I know, um, yeah, in Vanuatu, they basically like bought the fishing rights and they built them a convention center in return. Um, funnily enough, Vanuatu does not have much need for a convention center, so... And it's, um, yeah, it's a real statement. It's just like, it's quite clearly the largest bit of infrastructure on the island. And it's, um, it's a bit of a white elephant and that it's just not really that useful, but, um, yeah, nice of them to build it and in return, yeah, take all the fish out of the sea. Yeah. It's quite jarring. There's like a lot of, I think they're like building like gated communities over there as well in Vanuatu and yeah, even their embassy has just become like a huge bit of in- infrastructure like massive gates around it as well so yeah really are uh, seeing some impact there and just a lot of people are just buying a lot of um yeah property over there cool 
Okay, guys, have a great podcast.